0: Evan Marcat, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You Podcast, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. And today, I have a bone to pick with some amazing women. Uh, I will not name names, but they are dating and relationship gurus who are top of the dating and relationship guru food chain. Um, So I'll let you come to your own conclusions. And I've heard uh, many of their fans and disciples parrot their wisdom. uh, And today I want to challenge that wisdom. They believe that A, a guy should just know that you're the one. And B, that a guy should propose within a year. As just about the happiest married guy I know, this is some first-class bullshit that is being passed off to women without actually being filtered through men who are, you know, the ones who do the proposing. So, to be fair, do some guys just know within a year? Yeah, they do. Do some of those marriages stick? Of course. But if you actually look deeper into the, like if you go past the wonderful anecdotes of those people who had that love at first sight type thing there are actual statistics I'm going to read them couples that date for less than one year have the highest divorce rate highest divorce rate that article doesn't say that I'm just saying it again highest divorce rate couples that wait three years before getting engaged have a 39 percent lower divorce rate People who waited two years have a 20% lower divorce rate. In essence, if you spend three years dating before you tie the knot, you are much more likely to discover whether you're long-term compatible than a couple that falls in love, ties the knot, and tries to figure out whether they're compatible after the wedding. This is very important news for women in their 30s who are feeling the pressure of time And just as important to women in their 50s who feel like they have less time and more maturity so they should just know better. Because I can't tell you how many clients I've had who are 50s and 60s, right, think, well, you know, I'm a woman, I've been around the block a couple times, I don't have much time left, so might as well just lock it in. And they're getting married right away. Life is a marathon. Slow and steady wins the race. And this is not something that we should just sort of sweep under the rug. But... I'll admit, this goes against our fantasies. It bursts our bubbles. It ignores that feeling, that impossible high of chemistry. Um, But as I've said for probably a dozen years now, I want you, right now, you watching me, listening to me, think of the guy that you had the greatest chemistry with in your entire life. Just think of him. Picture him. Are you... Dating him right now. Of course you're not. And that's why you're here. Because I would doubt that there are too many happily married people who are listening to the Love You podcast. So I know it might make you bristle when I point out what you already know. That your you just know high intensity chemistry feeling is merely and literally chemicals in your brain. Serotonin, norepinephrine, dopamine. Flooding your brain at the moment that you're feeling this intense attraction for someone. All right. Even if I tell you that, and you know it's true, it still annoys you because it takes all the mystery out of romance. So some people say, well, it happens to someone, all right? Someone has love at first sight. Someone g- gets married within a year. Why not me? Because it's generally not a good idea. I'm not saying that you can't you could you could take I mean lots of people take chances with their life um, the question is are, is it are you giving yourself the best chance of success All right as, as a dating coach I'm here to, to optimize your success and give you best practices for you know how you could stand to get them get the relationship that you really want down the road if you marry someone that you've known for a year um, you are potentially uh, putting yourself in a risky situation um, here's a here's a story it's a personal anecdote. I have a friend who will also remain nameless who had a boyfriend who broke up with her. They had been dating for like uh, nine months or something like that and they were pretty serious and he sort of broke up with her and went poof. Couldn't handle it. Time went by. He came back. He said, I made a big mistake. Could you forgive me? I'm very serious. I love you. I want to be with you. I, you know, I want to make this work. He's, it's uh, all the right things. She kind of put him on a uh, one-month trial to see if he was serious, and in, in so doing, she thought that she was being prudent. Right. Well, I'm not going to just accept it at first glance, but you know, all right, he's been he's been consistently trying to win me back over for a month, and then, as a dating coach and a friend, inexplicably. They picked up, and they eloped, and they got married. Now, they eloped after a breakup, after dating for less than a year, and then they got married. Now, she was elated. I was concerned because I'm sort of the professional scold and know-it-all, blah. Sure enough, they divorced a few years later. And what bugs me about it to this day is that there was no reason for them to elope. There was none. Right? These are people who were in their 40s. Right? They were not planning on having any kids. This was his attempt, I guess, to prove to her that he was serious about winning her back, which I'm sure he was. Um, I have no doubt that he was sincere. Um, and it was her attempt to lock it in while he was really sincere. So it was this decision born out of pure emotion, desperation, need, instead of saying, hey, now that you're back after our breakup where you left me and devastated me, why don't we date for a few more years and see if we still have smooth sailing, right? And if if so, after that, after we we move in together and and go through a few um, years together, some life events together, then we'll see if marriage is in the offing. So she got her wedding ring, but she didn't get a happy marriage. Uh, and it was really because she was so concerned with locking it in. And I think sometimes that's the the wrong goal. Um, what I say in my Love You course um, and on my Facebook page often is that you don't want to just get married. Right? It's not about getting a ring on your finger. You want a happy marriage. right? So anytime you're thinking of how, how do I get a guy to propose to me? How do I get him to give me a ring? How do I get him to want to commit to me? It's should be flipped to how do I find a guy that I want to commit to who I believe can make me happy for the rest of my life? Right? It's not about locking it in. It's about making a decision. How, do, how could I build a foundation with someone that will endure forever? You just don't always have enough information right up front. You may have a special feeling for someone. Right? I've had special feelings for, for women who are not my wife. Um, but unless you've actually spent two to three years together, you really don't know how your partner's going to act in each and every situation. I can't tell you how many clients I've had who <laughs> got married at a year, year and a half, got divorced a year and a half later. Right? They, they, they married at the peak of their, their excitement. And the truth is love is what happens once that excitement goes away. How do you continue to treat each other when you're no longer infatuated? So in the second half of this podcast, I'm gonna tell you another study, um, probably my favorite one on this subject, that's gonna blow, you, blow your mind and it's gonna stop you from becoming another divorce statistic in the future. That is my gift to you. This is the Love You po- Podcast. My name is Evan Mark Katz. I'll see you after the break. Hey, this is Evan Mark Katz, dating coach for Smart, Strong, Successful Women, and your personal trainer for love. Welcome back to the Love You podcast, where you're going to learn everything you need to know about dating, relationships, sex, and men from a man's point of view. And we are continuing our conversation on why it's so important to wait two plus years before you even think of getting married. And one of the things that helped me form my worldview on this, and gosh, I I want it to be very clear, um, I'm not uh, a, a dogmatist um, in that I don't really have an agenda when it comes to giving uh, relationship advice. Um, I only care that the advice I give you is the most accurate and the most effective. So anytime you know someone gets upset at me for repeating an article or repeating statistics, this is not. I don't. You know, it doesn't affect me if you get married in less than a year. Um, I'm just letting you know that you're you're trying to buck the odds. Right? That's really what it talks about. It's not that you're wrong for doing so; it's that you're bucking the odds. And um, sometimes people get get emotional when people give advice that contradicts the way you already believe. And um, I don't want to upset you, um, but I do want to help you. And if you are receptive to the idea that these are not my opinions or my feelings, but rather statistics, right? it's not like a doctor saying, "You know, you have this kind of cancer. You have a sixty percent chance of living." Right? That's you don't shoot the doctor for telling you that. He's just telling you the truth. So here's a study that I, that I read uh, years ago. It was from the uh, uh, University of Texas Alumni Magazine, but I thought it was so telling. Um, and I'll do a little bit more reading rather than talking, so forgive me for that, but there's so much good stuff here. Um, Professor Ted Houston studied 168 couples over the course of 10 years. It wasn't a big sample size, but there was still a really interesting result. Researchers saw typical changes that take place in all marriage during the first couple of years, fewer displays of affection, less sex, fewer leisure activities together as the relationship evolves from a romantic recreational relationship to something like a working partnership. Um, Yes, it's it's called marriage. And uh, this is all predictable and normal. Um, I don't know anybody who thinks that when you get married, it's going to be the same, you know, uh, in 10 years as it was in the first six months when you were just getting to know each other and explore. And if you expect your marriage to be otherwise, you've you've got something, you know, you're in for a big disappointment if you expect there to be uh, mystery and excitement on the same level with someone that you know, like the back of your hand. Quote from the article, the fact of a couple moving quickly towards marriage is not in and of itself a problem as much as what is driving the speed. The average length of courtships in the study was two years and four months. Speed can become a problem when it is driven by romance and fantasy because Unless one is extraordinarily lucky, which is not a skill, the suitors discover that the partner was not as lovely as they had imagined. This is, again, a quote. Long courtships, Houston argues, are rarely long because partners are exercising due caution. If a couple is still finding lots of reasons not to marry after four years, then that's usually because they're subconsciously picking up on problems or even thinking that they themselves aren't suitable for marriage ever. So, this goes towards a, 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 a study that I've cited in my Love You course that I'm going to share with you here. And, and to synopsize it, it's this. Three big predictors of divorce. Um, getting married too quickly. You're getting married in less than a year. Um, nothing against uh, our cameraman here, David, but going a really, really long time. Uh, without getting married is often a predictor of divorce for the reasons that I just mentioned. If a couple's together for 10 years and they didn't want to get married, it's usually because someone is having second thoughts about marriage, doesn't want to change things, but doesn't want to get married. Otherwise, they would have naturally proposed in two to three years. All right, so that's usually if someone waits 10 years to get married, that's a question mark. If someone gets married in a year, it's a question mark. And couples that make up and break up, sorry, I got the words backwards, break up and make up, repeatedly before marriage, are also likely to get divorced, which shouldn't be terribly surprising. Um, if one person is willing to abandon the relationship at any point in time um, and then come back together out of love or sadness or loneliness, generally doesn't solve the same problem that broke them up the first time. They just got back together. And if you repeatedly break up and make up, the odds that your marriage is going to be smooth sailing are, uh, well, let's just say thin. There's no reason to think that life will get better after you get married. Um, uh, marriage is not this sort of um, bomb that uh, smooths things over. It's just, it's just a commitment uh, that you have to work things out. And anytime uh, one person is willing to bail on a relationship prior, uh, it becomes a lot harder to do so when you're married. So um, more useful takeaways from this Texas study. Happily married couples shared many traits, including courtships that progressed smoothly towards marriage with little drama. Their courtships had a quiet romantic feeling, but as important, they sensed that they were marrying someone who could be a good friend. Unhappily married couples had low key courtships that moved forward slowly. All right, hey, what's up? Want to hang? <laughs> because either one of the partners lacked much warmth or had difficult personalities. Early Exiters divorced. Very quickly within two to seven years of marrying, they have very long courtships and appear to marry with the hope that it would improve the relationship, though they're well aware that they have major problems. Um, delayed action divorces had highly romantic courtships, but their affection declined considerably after the first few years of marriage. They were labeled delayed action divorces because they stayed married for at least seven years long after the passion that led them to marry had dissipated. So those were the folks who felt that their their high high was going to last forever their perfect Hollywood romance, and they stuck it out even though they were miserable and knew they were miserable. They were just too proud to admit from the, uh, from the, you know, to the outside world that they were miserable. Whether a marriage will be happy or whether it is headed for the divorce court can be foretold from the courtship. All right, that was were the three statistics. Fast courtship, slow courtship, rocky courtship uh, usually predicts what happens in divorce court. Couples who are passionately enamored as newlyweds are likely to divorce. (laughs) Men with traits stereotyped as feminine make better husbands. The extent of differences in tastes and ideas among couples does not predict divorce. Some couples bury their concerns over such differences. Others brood over them. Those who brood are more likely to divorce. So the extent of differences in tastes and ideas. Again, I use myself as an example. My wife comes from a right-wing military you know, conservative, Catholic family. Um, on the surface, that would sound like we are a match made in hell. As it turns out, in practicality, um, we are great. We don't fight about these things. Um, she, you know, she she is not exactly like the rest of her family. I do not try to tell her what she should believe, and um, most. Things that could be labeled common interests are not nearly as important as people make them out to be. If uh, if you like downhill skiing and I don't like downhill skiing, then you could go skiing with your friends, and I'll find something else to do that weekend. Um, so so yeah, uh, this is it's a bit of a tangent from waiting two years, but this is again a study on what makes marriage work, and it's it's useful and it's relevant and. These are all things that I've been saying to you on my blog, in my newsletters, in my products, in Love You, for years, all validated by yet another study. Why? Because most of what I tell you is based on what works, based on studies. They're not based on my own beliefs. My beliefs are formed by these things that I read. Anxiety, moodiness, and emotional swings in the wife or husband do not preordain divorce, but they are related to unhappiness in marriage. Um, All marriages, even those that are happy in the long run, show declines over the first two years in marriage in sex, displays of affection, and leisure activities spent together. So here's the moral of the story. It's important to get the order right. Um, We all can tell a story of someone who got hammered out on spring break, Had sex that night, still together twenty years later. Right? that's a lovely story. It's the reason we tell it is because it's such a rare story, right? I mean that, that's that's why it's news. Is right, you could you could you could ignore all these rules that I'm giving you and say I don't I'm not listening to him. I I believe in you just know and I believe in passion and I believe in in getting married within a year and and because I believe it I'm gonna do it. Screw this guy and that's fine. Um, but if you want to, if you want the best chance of your relationship to succeed, it's important to get the order right. Um, part of that order I would say is taking a good month before you decide if someone is your boyfriend, um, four to six weeks, arbitrary number that I give to figure out if he's just boyfriend worthy. If you, uh, focus all your energies on him, take down your profile, start having sex with him exclusively. Don't call anybody your boyfriend before a month. Vet him right? like, you, like you're the CEO of your love life and he's coming back for repeat interviews over the course of a month. Just because you, you think he's hot and funny and he's really into you doesn't mean you sleep with him in you know, week one uh, and it doesn't mean you call him your boyfriend in week two. Um, you can, but again, you're taking your chances. And there's no reason to have to go that fast. None. Right? The right guy's still going to be there. A month later, it's not that long, um, and then continue to reevaluate your boyfriend as time goes by. Um, it should be a given that if you're marriage oriented, you start with a guy who's marriage oriented, right? You don't get together with a guy, right? And then like one year later, be like, "So, do you believe in marriage?" That's not how it works. Right? Guys who believe in marriage. Admit that they want to get married. They talk about marriage. Guys who want to have kids talk about kids. All right. You're not, you shouldn't have to guess. You shouldn't have to pry it out of him. So start with a guy who wants to get married. Watch how he treats you. See if he's worthy of being your boyfriend. Focus your energies on him. And see if he keeps up his consistent effort. Any guy could give you a good few months. It doesn't take a much. I mean, every, every man on the planet is capable of being a good boyfriend for a couple months. The question is, does he continue to be that way? Right? if he doesn't, right, at any point in time, three months in, five months in, two years in, you dump him. Right? You don't try to say, hey, why can't you be the guy that you were the first six months we were dating? Right? That's, no, the first six months he was dating, he was still putting on the show. Now you got to see the real part of him. Right? You, don't, you don't coast on the, the warm beginnings forever. The person that you're going to be with forever is going to be more like the person after two years than the person of six months. Um, allow him to fall in love with you and become indispensable to his life. And I think that's one of the things that's really, really hard to accept: is that there's no, there's nothing more important than time spent together. <clears throat> one of the many reasons I don't, I'm not a big fan of long-distance long relationships, um, but. Ultimately, there's no substitute for time together. You can say that you know your one year together was really intense. Well, you know, two years to, to, together would be even more telling. Three years together would be even more telling, as to you know what your respective flaws are, um, what your values are, what your communication styles are. The more time you spend together, the more you get to see the chinks in the armor and and work around each other's flaws and learn whether you can or can't accept them in the long term since they're not going to change. Um, and the being indispensable part, put it this way, and again, I, I say things that are often unpopular. The first year and a half I was dating my wife, it's, she wasn't indispensable to me. I, I, was, I, was, I was single for 35 years. That was, that was being single was, was pretty easy. The idea that I, I couldn't picture my li- life without my girlfriend of a year. It was pretty easy to picture my life. I just remembered a year ago what my life, life was like b- before her. Um, she w- when I proposed to my wife, she wasn't uh, indispensable. Um, these years later, we're getting on eight years married, ten years together, uh, after moving in together, building this life and this bank of memories, I would be completely lost without my wife. Um, That's something that only happens over time, where you guys become wonderfully, delightfully codependent, like you become a unit that's bigger than either of you. And so when you get nervous, because you've read from some probably woman dating guru that the right guy just knows that he wants to marry you right away, and if he is the right guy, he's going to propose to you within a year. Don't believe that bullshit. It's really, really dangerous if someone's putting that in your ear and you're believing it and then suddenly you start to pressure your guy that he should just know because you just know and that he's got to shit or get off the pot after a year. I proposed at 16 months because I took a huge leap of faith because my wife was 39 and I wanted to have kids. And I wasn't secure that I made a good decision until six months After I was married, I wish I had another year to make a more informed decision. But literally, I was the only one among my closest friends who got married in less than three years. Um, uh, As I said, the study reported that average courtship was two years and four months. There's not one right answer here. For you, what your takeaway is is that you need to know that he's marriage-oriented. If he's marriage-oriented and he's dating you, that means he's thinking of marriage with you. Right? He's not just screwing around. He's not wasting his time. It makes no sense for a guy who's marriage-oriented, who wants to have kids, <laughs> theoretically, at, at this age, right, to date you and waste his own time dating someone for two years that he has no intention of marrying. All right. All right. And you have to give him this leeway, this two to three years to propose to you instead of pressuring um, you can say that, you know, the right guy wouldn't need two to three years. Um, I'm, you know, as a dating coach, you know, uh, as a guy, as representative of a certain swath of men, um, uh, my, gosh, my sister's husband, um, uh, waited three years to propose to her too, come to think of it. So there's plenty of examples uh, including the studies that show that people who wait two to three years to get married are the ones who are more likely to stay married. Um, I don't always suppose that everything I say is going to have the proper impact but if you ever feel the need to rush things, if you ever feel panicked about having to snag him or get a ring on your finger or pressure him into where is this going, if he's with you it's because he's seriously considering marrying you. right and Maybe three years in, you have your leverage to say, "Hey, I've waited a long time. If you know, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna do it now, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to break things up." But that's a conversation that you you shouldn't be having for a really, really long time, right? Maybe the only exception is late 30s, early 40s. But any other time, and a lot of my a lot of my readers are uh, e- either younger than late 30s or older than late 30s. There is no time to pressure your guy. He will reveal himself in his actions. And when he realizes he wants you in his life forever, he will take the proper action to do so, expecting him to just know and to take a a, a rash, irrational action after one year that usually produces bad outcomes. I don't think it's in either of your best interests if he proposes in a year as much as you might think it is. So with that sobering statistic that's designed to help you and protect you, My name is Evan Mark Katz. This is the Love You Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Next episode, I'm going to talk about a few tricks to help you bring out the best in your man. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to hit the subscribe button below. Join me on Facebook. Join me on Twitter. Click on the link below to go to www.evanmarkkatz.com. Give me your name and email address and I will send you free dating and relationship advice until you don't need any more free dating and relationship advice. I thank you for your time. I Appreciate you. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode